games. We've got football coming up tonight. The NFL season kicks off with the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs playing host to the Houston Texans. Out on the diamond, it was a beautiful day for some baseball. Heading into 2020, many people thought there would be no high school football. Welcome to the WNCT Podcast Network. You're listening to WNCT 9 on your side, Sports Talk, with sports director Brian Bailey, Nolan Knight, and Kelsey O'Donnell. Welcome back. You are listening to our WNCT 9 Your Side Sports Talk. I'm Kelsey O'Donnell alongside Sports Director Brian Bailey, Nolan Knight. Guys, welcome back. Edition 3 this week. we got yeah. some more sports We're to talk about. We're flying right through it, aren't we? <laughs> We're flying right through it. Obviously, we're the official station of the East Carolina Pirates. We're going to start off by talking about ECU football. Not the start of their COVID season. They want it to necessarily have dropped 0-2 over the weekend at Georgia State down um, in Atlanta. 49-29 final. What do you guys think? Well, you know, when you look at that game, I think most Pirate fans, and I think even the coaching staff would tell you they're disappointed that it wasn't more competitive than it was. I mean, I think, you know, the average fan thinks you should go down to Georgia State and, and win that game. But Georgia State has, is a good football team. They're a young football program, but they've got a lot of experience in places the Pirates don't have a lot of experience mm-hmm. in. And I think that was, you know, that was the telling tale. I think the Pirates got back in the game with some big special teams plays. But I, I think the big disappointment was that it wasn't any more competitive than it was. Although it got, you know, a little bit closer, you know, in the second half, the Pirates just couldn't get over the top. But it was it was disappointing. I think all of them were upset. And I think, you know, Coach Houston hopes, his, you know, he, he kind of vowed that his team will come back this mm-hmm. week and play better and be better. Yeah, it's got to be frustrating for, you know, everyone involved within the program because, Normally, during a regular season, you start off with FCS opponents. You start off with with some games that you're almost not guaranteed to win, but have a pretty good shot at winning. And when you know COVID came in and changed everything, you start with UCF, who's the best team in the co- or was expected to be the best team in right. the conference. And you know you suffer a tough loss versus them. Then you go to Georgia State, which, as you mentioned, a lot of people think that that's a winnable game for the Pirates. And, and then you lose that game too. And and now you start to think of your morale as a team and your morale as a fan base. And and you know sometimes you can get in your head about this these kinds of things if you're a player or or if you're a fan uh, of the Pirates. And, and now you're looking at the schedule, thinking, Are we going to get a win? Right. What? How can we change things? What? needs to change for the Pirates to get in the win column for the first time. And, you know, this upcoming Saturday, they face off against a South Florida team that is is a similar matchup, I think, that Georgia State is and the fact the uh, that they're not the greatest team in the country, but they also aren't a, a pushover either. I think when you look at it, too, you know, it's, it's, it's more or less another winnable game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Georgia State game was a winnable game. The Pirates just didn't win. I think this is another situation like that. And I think what happens in the fan base, like Nolan said, you know, you look at the schedule and you see teams like, you know, Cincinnati and other ranked teams. And, you know, the Americans got a good football league. Oh, yeah. You know, they, they call it the Power Six. And a lot of, you know, folks in the Power Five kind of scoff and laugh at it. But, the, you know, they've, they've done really, 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 really well. In, in the top 25 and doing some mm-hmm. things like that. So I, I just think that the, the wins will be hard to come by for this East Carolina football team, but hopefully it starts this week. Well, also, too, looking at the big picture for East Carolina, the first two games, they scored first in both of those games. So the excitement is still there. And it's just, I think, 
not necessarily falling off the tracks down the line through the games. Um, obviously, there were a bunch of little mistakes. I was listening to the press conference with um, head coach Mike Houston for the Georgia State game. He said lots of small mistakes. There were three um, notable things I did pull out from that. Um, just to note, he said they didn't really work too well together, which you can agree on. There were a lot of small mistakes, missed slides. Um, he also said in the middle, they're right now in the middle of a complete rebuild. Because it's also important to note, this is only his second season. Right. And I think a lot of fans look at it as, oh, well, you're losing these games. Well, this is his second season. You're rebuilding and you're during COVID, nonetheless. Right. And then that's really hurt him, too. And, and, you know, coaches mentioned this a couple of times. A, there are no excuses. But when mm-hmm. you look at it and you don't get a chance to go through spring football and then you don't get a chance to you know, your, your normal summer camp and Big John gets those guys in great shape, uh, you guys weren't here, but when James Madison came to town and just put a whipping on East Carolina, you know, they came to town and they were they were fired up, ready to go, and mm-hmm. they were really, really in great shape. And really, when you looked at, at the difference in the two teams, that's what it's, it appeared, that they were just, you know, superior athletically, at least in that game. And I think that that, uh, that really told a tale that night as far as that goes. And it's just a matter of, of you know, everybody's going through the COVID, so it's not really an excuse. Yep. But for a team like East Carolina, mm-hmm. they really couldn't afford to go through this. So another thing that um, Houston said in his Tuesday press conference that really stuck out to me, he said they have a lot of young players, but even their old players are young in a sense when it comes to playing time and snaps. And another thing, those old players have been through a lot of losses. So when things start going south, mm-hmm. you can almost see on some of their body languages that they just, you know, they're almost beaten right there. And you've got to get out of that mindset. And I think that, that they're doing the best they can in the Georgia State game, you know, rallying and trying to get back in the football game. And they did it with special teams, which is really rare. You, yeah. you rarely see a team come back and score with special teams to get back in a football game. But the block punt was a thing of beauty. The, mm-hmm. the fake field fake goal was, was prettier awesome. than that. That was it. great. I mean, it was like the Red Sea parted. And, and I, I've talked to coaches through the years and they always say you know fans call them trick plays Mm -hmm. but he said really when you execute it it's really not a trick at all you know what they're going to do and and we saw it earlier in the game they were doing the same thing we knew it was going to work and and it did they don't always but it did (laughs) talking more about uh you know east carolina struggling i think what's frustrating for you know us because we 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 follow East Carolina, and you know when they do well, it's our job's a little more fun. And for fans, I think what's frustrating is that I I think at this point, talking about the the youth of this East Carolina football team and the struggles that they're facing right now, a lot of it's a waiting game. Mm-hmm. And when you are in that second year, you you kind of want to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And right now, uh, East Carolina fans haven't seen that light, but I do think it is a waiting game. I don't think anyone around the East Carolina camp thinks that Mike Houston isn't the right guy for the job by any means I think it's just a waiting wait a waiting game to get his guys in the system get them prepared and, and change those that mindset of, of you know we've have a lot of losses and as you have more guys come in get more experience and you get more depth that's when you can finally maybe start to see the change that Mike Houston has promised fans here in Eastern North Carolina I told coach Houston this uh, this story this week and I, I told him it rarely in a coaching search is one guy the man and he's the only man. And that's how it was with Coach Houston because if you remember that week, it was a, a fact that, that Charlotte was looking for a coach. They were interviewing Houston. Houston had talked to Charlotte mm-hmm. and everybody at East Carolina was kind of scrambling like, hey, if, if, if they make a change, Houston would be a great mm-hmm. prospect to bring in here. Next thing you know, the Board of Trustees met. Next thing you know, there, there needed to be a new coach at East Carolina because one had just gotten fired. 
and then Mike Houston became the new coach at East Carolina later that weekend. So the next weekend, so it was uh, it was one of those deals. Rarely do you see. Usually it's three or four or five guys. You know the names come up, and then you hear this guy turned it down. This guy didn't want to come. But this time it was all Mike Houston. And you know the team rallies around him. Around him, excuse me. He mentioned that despite their losing record so far this year, it's still a good culture, and the team they want to get better. They're staying positive, and as from speaking as a former athlete myself and also as a coach I've coached before that is the best thing you can ever have as a coach is to have a team despite the record still want to give it your all and put it all out on the field for you and, and Houston also says that's part of the problem they want to win so badly mm-hmm. especially Holt Naylor's who's from Greenville he's mm-hmm. a hometown hero and he really wants to carry this team you know to the next level take them to a bowl game he wants he, he just he just is dying to do all of that but if you look at that game, he had about 1.2 seconds to pass most of the time. I mean, yeah, he, that he doesn't got help. No time. Anything. He's running around, you know, scrambling for his life, and hopefully they can get some of that stuff, you know, righted up this week. All right, looking ahead, East Carolina travels down to Tampa. The yep. South um, South Florida Bulls coming off there right now, coming off of a loss against Cincinnati, who is ranked in the top twenty right now in the AP poll. Um, this is Mike Houston's first trip down um, to South Florida, and it's a uh, Raymond James Stadium, the home of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's already a pirate ship there. <laughs> That's so, right. I mean, you can, <laughs> you can celebrate on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Pirate ship, but yeah, it, and I think the players, you know, they get a kick out of playing in an NFL stadium. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, last week, you look at that game with Cincinnati. Cincinnati beat them 28-7. South Florida threw a, uh, a tied a school record with five interceptions, throwing five interceptions in the game. They, th- they played three different quarterbacks. So, yeah. you know, I think we're going to see a, a mixture as far as that goes. And that may be the best thing for a pirate defense that struggled. Yeah, I was, I was just about to say that same thing. Have a struggling offense. With, with, that, with the new defensive coordinator in and – uh, an opportunity to, to finally see that defense be dominant. And, and that was kind of the, the impression that coming into this season that this would be a big change for the ECU defense, mm-hmm. having a new defense coordinator in and Blake Howell. And now we're in this situation where, you know, this is the, a chance to see what ECU defense can be like under a new defense coordinator. Do we know yet um, who's starting for UCF quarterback? Because I know um, McLeod played last year against us, but they also have a true freshman that's in on the mix. Yeah, and I, in reading on Twitter, it seemed like, like they were still trying to guess which one okay. it would be. I think Coach Houston thought it would be, be um, the one you mentioned first, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure what they're doing right okay. now. Hadn't seen mm-hmm. the depth chart. All right, looking at the big picture in the ACC, Duke dropped to 0-4 over the weekend. That's a surprise, I think. to Virginia Tech. First time since 2006. <laughs> wow. 38-31, wow. which I thought um, was a good game. What do you think? Uh, it's frustrating because uh, it's so easy to root for Coach Cutcliffe, and, and his teams are enjoyable to watch. I, I think everyone around college football thinks that, you know, he, he that is what you want your program to be like in terms of culture. And to see Duke go 0-4, it, you know, obviously, you know, with the schedule change, that has a part to do with the fact that they've started their season 0-4. But uh, you haven't we haven't seen an 0 and 4 Duke team since they went winless and mm-hmm. and with the the last regime I could you probably know the what was the head coach of the Duke before Cutcliffe uh, trivia question of the yeah. day <laughs> anyway it's been a while yeah. you know Duke football used to be a laughing stock per se sorry to any Duke football fans out there but they've really changed their culture and to see them start 0 and 4 that's frustrating especially with the high expectations they had coming into the year with Chase Bryce mm-hmm Okay. Also, they are headed up to Syracuse this upcoming weekend. NC State over the weekend beat, I believe they were 
24th ranked Pitt Panthers, mm-hmm. um, 30 to 29. I thought that was a really awesome win for them. One point win, obviously. They are headed to Charlottesville this weekend to play UVA. And I was surprised to see Virginia's a big favorite in that game, like nine and a half or 10 points, which is, is a lot of points as far as, as that goes. So, because State played, I think Pittsburgh and Virginia are very similar mm-hmm. as far as talent and as far as where they should be. Mm-hmm. As, and Virginia's not ranked, but I think they, they would be up you know close to that. Virginia played Clemson pretty tough. I, th- I, mean, I think that's probably why they're big favorites because yeah. they looked pretty good versus Clemson. Yeah, they, it may be. We shall see. Um, UNC coming off of a win at Boston College, 26-22. to 22. They just entered the top 10 AP poll this week. They're at number 8. Um, I was listening to the radio today. I believe it was Packer and Durham talking. They play Virginia Tech this weekend. Virginia Tech's ranked 18th, 19th, I believe. They're expecting Virginia Tech to upset UNC, but do you think it'll be as big of an upset as people are claiming it will be? I get that the rankings go into play, but I believe under um, head coach Justin Fuente, they've never lost to UNC. I think it'd be a big upset just because the expectations for UNC are so high this year. You know, they're ranked in the top 10 now. Sam Howell is... Yeah, there's odds for him to win the Heisman this year. Sam Howell's the real deal. They, they brought back so much talent on offense, and uh, their win versus Boston College this past weekend was, was awesome. Uh, BC had a, an opportunity to, to score late to try to send the game to overtime. Defense makes a big stand on the two-point conversion uh, for the rare pick two. But pick I, two, I, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> I, if there's any rare – if there is going to be any upset, I, I don't think it would be that – if it is considered a big one, it's because I think there's so much expectations with this Mac Brown team. I think the bigger upset might be if Miami, even though Miami's ranked seventh, playing at number one Clemson, I think mm-hmm. that would be considered a bigger yeah. upset. I think Virginia Tech and North Carolina are probably in a dead heat as far as everything mm-hmm. goes. Carolina started the year ranked higher, so they moved up and they moved into the top ten, and they're very, very good. And I think Virginia Tech is showing people that they're – you know, pretty, pretty good. So I think we're going to see a matchup as, as far as, as that goes, very even type game. And, uh, you know, what happens in games like this is, is a lot of times you give the, the home team an advantage because of the home crowd and that kind of thing. Well, you know, there are no home crowds mm-hmm. right now. So it's hard to tell how teams, you know, because some of these, these empty stadiums are working against teams. I think it worked against East Carolina in the opener. I think if they drive down, score a touchdown, and that place is going crazy, you know, maybe that, that gets the defense a little more oh, fired yeah. up and, you know, could have, should have, would I guess. But still, <laughs> you know, some of these teams, you know, really react well to big crowds and, uh, and Coach Logan used to say at East Carolina, he'd say all that, that, that pomp and circumstance and getting everybody fired up lasts about one play. <laughs> and, then, and then the better team wins. Yeah, so maybe that's, that's fair. So, so that matchup, though, think back to last year, talk about these two teams being so even six overtimes oh, last year between oh these two teams. So a rematch from that, it doesn't get more we were even here. than we were six in the, overtimes. We were in the news station, so Nolan and I went to Virginia Tech. Obviously, yeah, we're we, big yeah, Hokie fans. Yeah, I know, know you guys that. know that. Yeah, we know Madison that. <laughs> um, and a few other people went to UNC, and I remember watching it in the newsroom before our um, one of our newscasts, and she was, like, rolling on the floor in, like, distressed she was so upset about the game <laughs> that's the weekend that luke was born my grandson who will turn a year old coming up pretty soon and and i was in charlotte so we were visiting with them and then we went over to a sports bar to watch games get some dinner and, and that game was on and it was it was it was unbelievable how many it kept going on and on the energizer <laughs> bunny you know it was, was it was fun. nuts so our other North Carolina friend, Wake Forest, up the road, um, headed into a bye week. They just kind of came off of a huge win, 66-14 over Campbell. I don't know if you guys caught that game at all. A little bit, yeah. And Campbell was just outmatched mm-hmm. in that game. How about uh, Campbell yeah. playing in primetime three yeah. weeks in a row? Uh, that's 2020. 
That's it. Um, taking a look at the uh, Week 5 AP poll, Clemson and Alabama still at number one and number two. Georgia is up one spot to number three. And then, like we mentioned earlier, UNC entered the top tw- top ten. Excuse me, they jumped four spots up to number eight. I thought Georgia week. was very impressive last weekend because they really just, you know, kicked Auburn. And that, I thought that would be a really, really close game. But Georgia looked really, really good. So I think you're looking at you know, the same old bunch. Well, I say the same old bunch as far as the college football playoff. You won't see Oklahoma. Nope. Lincoln Riley <laughs> and company have, have fallen. And they may lose again this week. They yeah. may they may go to one and three. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's unheard of, you know, for Oklahoma. But uh, they, are, they are certainly struggling right now. All right. In the NFL, we've got our Panthers got win number two in their COVID season. Beat Cardinals at Bank of America Stadium, thirty-one to twenty-one. Yeah, and and you, you know you think about the Panthers. I think when you got a first-year coach and you don't you know really know a lot about the team, and when they started zero and two, I really thought it was going to be a four or five win yep, season. I did too. But all of a sudden, you know, you win two in a row, but they play in a tough division. Mm-hmm. If they were in the NFC East, they could they win it by yeah. three games. I, I, oh, let I me think just most let's teams just would talk about that. the just NFC East real yet. quick. Yeah, I mean, but, but that's that's the. <laughs> You know that's the reality of everything because, you know, the the Panthers you know are better than anybody in the NFC East and they may finish you know thir- they'll finish third probably in the South and they I don't think they'll finish fourth because Atlanta's down there but, but I think Atlanta's going to beat Carolina this weekend because Atlanta's due to win they're not a bad football that's team that's true and they should have beaten Dallas Panthers I mean, are they're getting it done without Christian McCaffrey though which I that's think, true I, if you would have told me that they have two wins with. Without Christian McCaffrey, That's I would have called you crazy. Yeah. But Mike Davis has filled in nicely for for Carolina and Teddy Bridgewater. You know, not that many people were looking at him. He he went undefeated last year with the Saints when he started games, and you know, a nice resurgence for him. I think a lot of people, you know, kind of called him out and and thought he was done once his career in Minnesota ended. But he, here he is having a resurgence in Carolina. Also in the NFL, um, there were some other games shaken up this week because of COVID-19. Obviously, I'm sure you guys saw Cam Newton tested positive. The Chiefs-Pats game was moved to Monday, yeah. got to play. Um, Steelers and Titans games was, was postponed. And just today, they announced more Titans players um, tested positive for the coronavirus and canceled practice. And that's the thing with this with this virus, that, that if you get one positive test through contact tracing and everything else, I mean, you know, it, it doesn't – it's not going to take a lot to shut a team down. And that's why teams are so worried about it. And that's why, you know, over East Carolina – I've told – I told Coach Houston the other day, you know, they're in a basic bubble over there, but they still have to deal – you know, I'm over there and my wife went through it. She had, you know, mm-hmm. coronavirus. And, you know, so we I was under quarantine for two weeks, 14 days. And we actually did his radio show one night with me in one booth. And him on an, in another complete booth. Uh-huh. You know, nobody knew it, but we were quarantined that way. I don't want to get around anybody. I don't want, yeah. you know, and it's because it only takes, you know, one or two. And I think that's part of the problem. We go back to East Carolina, the offensive linemen, they went through a real bad spell with it. And they've lost, they got a couple of injuries and they've lost guys, you know, through contact tracing and stuff, couldn't get them out there. And, and, and they, they really ha- have struggled with, with just little things. You talked about slides a minute ago, but just the little things that, that have, you know, the offensive line has to work work as five fingers mm-hmm. and and that's you know it, it's like one quarter and not five nickels is the old saying that, that coach rough uh, McNeil used to use and, and that's basically what it is they've got to work together and if one guy doesn't do his job yep. you know then a disaster happens and that's Holton he had a couple of disasters during <laughs> that game I'll ask you this do you ever think 
that sports in its entirety will be back to where we were a year ago. Oh, yeah, we'll get it back. I think it's, it, we're getting closer and closer. You know, I, I think they've got to get, you know, this vaccine figured out and get people back out and crowds back out. I think the Dolphins announced today that they're going full full tilt next week. Sixty-five thousand. I, I, I didn't. If I didn't I read didn't it wrong, now, now I say that. <laughs> it's, it up. It, it, it's Florida, so yeah. if anyone's so, going to try it so out, it'll be Florida. If that's first. the case, then that's another big step toward getting back. But I, I think I think we'll get it back. I don't know what college basketball. The the um, America announced today they're going to do twenty conference games, um, which again, you think about East Carolina. You know, yeah, that's going to be East Carolina needs some games that aren't in the America. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but East Carolina is going to be much improved, I think. But. You can be much improved and not show it record-wise. Mm-hmm. And I think right. that may be the case for Pirate basketball, but hopefully they can. I will tell you, t- talking about the Tennessee Titans, they had their mm-hmm. 20 cases, had their game postponed. I-, I talked about this on the final score this past Sunday, and I think it's it's going to be a real problem. Right now it's fine because neither team had used their bye week and they were able to change games up. Right. But the NFL doesn't have anything in place in terms of what they're going to do once teams have their bye weeks done. They haven't announced if they're going to only play – change it to 14 games that they're going to extend the season longer I didn't even think about that yeah they're in this situation where if this happens to another team later in the season it is going to be insanity trying to schedule these games because once two teams you know the way the nfl playoffs work mm-hmm. everyone has to finish their season so i think the nfl is going to have a real problem on their hands because uh, it came out again today that the Patriots had uh, another positive test yeah. in, yeah. in Gilmore. So it's going to be a nightmare, I think, for the NFL come November if there is uh, another outbreak like the Titans had. Right now, switching gears a bit, heading to the NBA. Lakers in the heat. Lakers took game four last night. It was They're in the lead 3-1 um, NBA finals last night. Last night, excuse me, 102-96 was that final. Bam Adebayo had 15 points. Uh, he's not back 100%. I heard an interview with him after the game, and you know he's still pretty banged up. And mm-hmm. you really wish he would have been healthy the whole time to see what would have happened because you know Jimmy Butler carried him to that one win in the series so far. Uh, that was in game what was that game three? three? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was game four last night. So three-one uh, lead for the Lakers, and and I look for them probably. You know, Heat may be able to get one more win, but. Yeah, and again, you're looking at you know you're not going home to play, you're not playing an away right. game, you're playing in the bubble, and yeah, you know, so. yeah, there's no difference in terms of yeah. who's and, wearing and the white jersey. I tell jersey. you what, I hope I never see two things again. I hope I never see those computerized fans <laughs> in an NBA game. <laughs> I like them, and I hope I never see cutouts at a Major League see, Baseball. Game. I like the computerized ones better, just to see. I just think it's people. the dumbest. You look up <laughs> and it's out like, you're next to. Yeah, and all the, they're all different sizes, and they're all you I know. Like one, it. I think one, it's fun. It's one creative. guy's head's all big, and one guy's little, and no, <laughs> not necessarily yeah. the cutouts. Well, I if like you don't the see them again, ones. that means the fans are back, so. right? And that's what we need. <laughs> that's what we back. need. So, if the Lakers win, this could be LeBron's fourth championship. It will be the 17th title for the Lakers. But he's still not the goat. Who's the goat? I I think it's still. Michael Jordan, I, but I agree with that. it's very, you know, times are so different yeah. and, and the league is so different in the way that things are, are done. I, I, I like the argument for Michael Jordan based off the fact he did everything with the Bulls and, you know, James have, has moved around a, a lot. I think it's still incredible that he's in his 17th season and is, is oh, that is incredible. And he's, he's a beast. Is, I mean, if he's, not he's, the best player in really, the league. I mean, he's really, really talented. 17th season. You know, I think sometimes, you know, like the other day when he walked off the court, I think here's <laughs> what happens. When somebody does a little thing that could be any kind of controversy to it, every talk show 
in America says, oh, "Whoop, yeah. there's something we can talk about." <laughs> he's the dial. All, he, he all is the ESPN the dial. shows in the afternoon, and I, you know, it's just. I mean, I don't think he should have done it. I think it was wrong, but that, that's all. That's he, all I, I thought mean, about. He it. is the NBA, and and, yeah. and he has done such a great job as well. Because you know, Michael Jordan was before the internet, and, and Kobe was a little little before the internet. Michael, or excuse me, LeBron James has made the NBA global mm-hmm. and and completely global. He's a international superstar, and you couldn't you could kind of say the same thing about Michael Jordan and everything else. But LeBron James is next level. If in you terms change of that. the NBA logo, do you make it Jordan or do you make it LeBron? Oh, Kobe. And do you, uh, or, I, I and, and they may yeah. that that would be probably the best yeah. answer because of of what happened. Do you know who's on the original NBA logo? The logo that with of the, course. Who is it? Jerry West. Did you know that? No. Okay. I knew you. I knew you'd be. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm learning. West Virginia <laughs> legend. They love them over in West Virginia. <laughs> they do. Yeah. I, I forget you're from. Uh, oh, you went to school. <laughs> I, up there, I spent you know, some time over what there. What do you yeah. think of Tyler Hero on the Heat? I believe is he the youngest. The youngest player? player to ever play in the finals. I read some information about him, and it was just fascinating that the guy, you know, didn't think he'd ever amount to anything. You, you got. You should look at his high school highlights. He's like just the scrappiest, like yeah. most annoying nice, yeah. basketball player ever. He's did, fun to watch. Did you see the uh, meme that's been going around of him snarling after one of his? I hadn't seen that. It was no. you'll have to look that one up. In game three, he does like a funny like snarl back at the camera. All right, so switching gears, um, I thought something very interesting I wanted to note um, today. The NAIA, that's a mouthful, the National Association of Intercollegiate Athletics, will now allow student-athletes to profit from their name, image, and likeness. I wanted to hear what you guys thought about this. Do you agree with it? Do you disagree? Well, I mean, the NCAA has done uh, something right. similar, and this is a much, you know, the NAIA is, is a whole different, you know, they're smaller schools, and, you know, it's almost like uh, – Who's going to want – I don't want to be mean like Yeah, that. I you was going to say, I love PCC down the road. Right. Like, well, I mean, it is a smaller level, which is why I thought it was an interesting – I don't know, I don't know I don't how much know money is there to yeah, be made. Yeah, how much money is – yeah, that's, that's the best way to say it. Yeah. yeah. How much money there is to be made on something like that. But because, that now that they have the op- – like, let's say uh, – what what uh, let's say I'm trying to think of somebody Bronny, LeBron James' son. Let's say he decided to go to an NAIA school mm-hmm. and they could sell – jerseys with his name on it and he could profit that that would probably be yeah. a situation and that's now there a aren't possibility many situations like that right. yeah. and, and where there wasn't a possibility for that in the past but it's definitely the i think the right move i've always been on, on this side that you know these guys generate so much money for universities let them let them get a share for sure i've been on the other side that they get a lot as it mm-hmm. is but i understand you know I, I think you know the cost of attendance that they're getting now is is a little bit of a stipend and i think if you go much further than that i think you're going to run into some problems but you know, I, I do think they deserve something because they right. do. They bring in all this money for the for the universities, but they also are given a lot too. So yeah, I totally agree. I, I understand both sides. All right, that will pretty much wrap up our sports talk podcast. Looking ahead, we've got some high school football this Friday night. JP two at St. David's Arendelle. Aaron, how do you pronounce that? Somebody call in. Give us a call. <laughs> if you're listening, is it Arendelle Parrot Academy? Aaron, how do you say Arundel it? Arundel is one I've heard. I thought it was Arundel, but I don't know for sure at Parrot. APA. Yeah. <laughs> APA. Just say Parrot Academy, you two. Just say Parrot Academy. Parrot Academy. Parrot Academy. Get away with it easily. We'll be at home. Yeah. against Fayetteville Christian, Bethel Christian at Community Christian, and Wayne Christian at Lawrence Albemarle. Obviously, that was the joint um, yeah. combined school that we were talking and about. We miss you know, the public schools, but they'll start February the 26th with games, I believe. And let me tell you something, you two. That's going to be a different deal. We were talking about it right before because, that. Yeah, we were. Because you think about the schools in our area, 
and they will cancel a game or move it to Thursday night at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. So now they're trying to play oh in February. <laughs> it, there cold. are no dry days and warm days in Not February and early March. They're all damp oh, and Come wet. on, just bundle up. We're going to get fine. some touchdown oh, Friday Big jackets. Well, I checked yes. the, I checked the manuscript, and I'm too old to go out and shoot a game. Oh, no. Oh, I'm just kidding. If anyone's listening, make just sure kidding. if you see him out there, you make just sure kidding. he stays at the game. That's games. when I'll get hit. Oh, <laughs> make sure he's bundled up. Come on. Yeah, you got to work with your athleticism. Yeah. 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 That's what my high school coach said. All right. Thank you. That will do it for our third week of the Niner Side Sports Talk for Niner Side Sports. I'm Kelsey O'Donnell, Brian Bailey, and Nolan Knight. Thanks so much for listening.